0: the weirder more experimental side of Kirk Wong in prior episodes and prior movies. 1986's uh, True Colors and 1988's uh, Gunman represent something more traditional for Kirk Wong. The brotherhood romance, gunplay mashup and in the case of the latter a low budget period effort in the vein of untouchables but in the vein of violent action and fiery mayhem with a detailed loving clash between producer and director behind the scenes. This is the Director Series 11 on Kirk Wong's True Colors and Gunman. I'm Kenny B.
1: And I'm Kenny B. Oh, I knew I was going to fuck, fuck that up. Shut <sighs> the fuck going to fuck that off. Who are you, sir? KW. Thank, who you.
0: Thank you, everybody. Cutie music. <laughs> <laughs> This is the director of series 11 as we said On Kirk Wong's True Colors and Gundam And we're uh, By the halfway point now Because uh, it's not the world's most extensive Filmography uh, So uh, Kirk, but Kirk, Kirk Wong has a value uh, uh, Definitely despite a short Filmography and uh, we'll see if we both Agree on that through uh, One of these movies or both of these movies uh, In this episode but uh, Yeah It's a um, I don't know. Did I have a question on this, or ask you if you were intimately familiar with the filmography, or you've seen like two or three movies of Wong's, uh, including *The Big Heat*? hit, hit Robert?
1: Yeah, I think, I think I think I've seen i seen, seen about half of his filmography before we even embarked on this. So it's been great to see the stuff that I haven't seen. It's been a bit rare to find. and uh, some. T- well, mostly he has been great revisiting them. I don't think he's. he's I've kind of gone back and thought, "Oh, this film's terrible." Uh, you know, for the most part, like they've been a place to uh, revisit.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, us getting some more uh, value out of Flash Future Kung Fu through our past guest, uh, Silver Roran, was a, a great uh, pleasure uh, of mine. I really dug that episode. But uh, now, <laughs> and we're now on our back own. to two idiots. <laughs> 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 I like this movie. It's fun. It's blowing up shit and stuff. Wonk. <laughs> <laughs> uh But okay, let's do contact information and then talk about uh, talk about uh, everything in a super serious manner like put our smoking jackets on and our cigars and talk uh, in a scholar way about fire <laughs> fire action with uh, actors and stuntmen in it you know scholar sadism stuff like that
1: let me refill your bubble pipe Cam. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh anyway this is the contact information and this is the show the director's series on the podcast on fire network website podcastonfire.com where you can find this show and all the other shows plus bonus episodes uh all located uh to the right of the frame via conveniently placed colorful buttons that we got help from uh, the great old joshua regal to uh we read uh, did some of the buttons but not for the director's series and i've never asked anyone because i don't think anyone care but i'm ju- just gonna ask you in <laughs> uh, in general uh, you know the image of the director in the director series yes you, n- you know what I, you know know who that is hold on yeah yeah yeah. I have lo- a hold go. on oh,
1: oh, oh, hold on there it's just it's just slowly now is that king who king who
0: that that's actually correct, or did you just remember Yay. I said that to you? The time.
1: Well, they say King Ho so That's you go. I know, I, I know. It. You're yeah. testing me, Ken. Come on, yes. I know the fact that the one that's in the podcast on fire is Stephen Chow, and you know what's Korean cinema is. I think that's Jackie Chan. Um, you know, Korea. The, they make sixty-minute movies. Yeah, I know. Who, I know. Yeah, I know. I know can stop
0: it. Stop it it might it. be a tease too, because uh, <laughs> I, I'd love to cover some King Hu movies, and they don't need to be exclusive for um, Taiwan or anything. But to, you know, to be fair, King Hu made Hong Kong productions as well, so it's not like he was a, a Taiwan boy all his life. You know, uh, and he say, was uh, King of China.
1: So that's that's, that's, that's historical you. facts. So there you go.
0: It's on a podcast now, therefore, a fact. Uh, sure. But uh, ch- check those buttons out. I uh, love the way uh, we got some uh, redesign from the great Lord Joshua Regal. Email for feedback podca- podcast on fire at googlemail.com. Join us on Facebook to like our page, which is located at facebook.com forward slash POF network. And if you want to join us over in, this, in the discussion group, you can follow The link on the page or type in podcast on fire network in the Facebook search box at the top of the page. So join in. Uh, to watch uh, show updates and chat between the hosts and uh, and listeners and members and all of that good stuff. And follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire. I do writing over, so goodreviews.com review my share of Kirk Wong movies, either in quick takes or big reviews, so to say. And uh, most most of the time, so goodreviews.com is uh, dedicated to Taiwanese black movies, category 3 exploitation and ninja exploitation whether from film arc or ift it's all um, it's all good fun robo vampire ninja terminator and uh, all of that good stuff it's healthy for you literally <laughs> that cut and paste cinema you know because the fun, surgeon general says so <laughs> because fun is healthy and there you go know, argue with that fact if you, if you can <laughs> Uh, I do little video reviews at sleazykvideo.com, little mini commentaries over my main reviews if you don't fancy reading them, so uh, that's all good, and I tweet at twitter.com forward slash sogoodreviews, subscribe to the director series on iTunes, and uh, if you like us, please leave a little star rating that only takes one click, and uh, if you have a minute or two over, leave a sentence or two uh, about uh, what you think of the show, and uh, if it's good or bad, and uh, we would very much appreciate you taking the time to do so. You can also do that actually on Stitcher nowadays. You can actually leave comments at least through the application uh, that I use for my uh, iPhone. Not sponsored by Apple or anything, but uh, (laughs) that's uh, a feature in Stitcher. I just thought of it that uh, I've seen the comments section. And what is Stitcher? Well, you can stream our podcasts on that application. It's uh, available online, but the better option is to download it to your iPhone, iPad, or Android. And uh, once you're in Stitcher, type in the specific name of the podcast on fire network show that you want to add for instance the director series and you will be able to add it to your favorites easily and uh, com, you have a review archive over there tom that, have, ra- that rhymes with calm, <laughs> so I was clever good job, good job. and good job, uh, you have a smashing little uh, re- no, not little a smashing uh, if it's little in quantity then it's huge in substance
1: man, re- yep. review, review archive I'm on. I'm on holiday very soon, so it's it's kind of a uh, stay-at-home holiday, relax. So I'm hoping to. Uh, Good man, I have got I've got, a, I've got a, a few on the back burner, so I'm hoping to yeah. kind of yeah finish them off, get them up because it's just I love doing it. It's just finding the time.
0: Well, well, you got life, you got this dopey shit that you're doing with me, and uh, and then this <laughs> cinema my show, I suppose. So.
1: Yep, yep. I've yep, got all these yep, balls, yep. balls in the air. <laughs>
0: But uh, we. we, Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. (laughs) You
1: see that one? Big Ball 3.
0: It's called in Swedish Balls in the Air. (laughs) In the Air. (laughs) Uh, So check that out. Uh, We always link to Tom's review archive directly in our show post so uh, you can see. What he's doing. Anyway, here's the rundown of what will occur during this episode. First up oh. is the section. Yeah, because people. Content want... now. Whoa. Yeah, we do have content. <laughs> yeah. And really, I mean, I, I got this kind of uh, constructive remark that uh, it'll, it'll be good uh, if you kind of say on the show what's to come, and then people can. Uh, they know, obviously, and then they can also access the run times that I do in the show post. And uh, uh, so it's. Constructive and easy For everyone to know What's uh, going on verbally And in text So here here it is First up is the section On True Colors so Where we'll talk Actors Raymond Wong And Dick Long Before we engage In the review discussion About that movie uh, There will be a break After that And we'll return After it With production background On Gunman And closing out the episode With the review And discussion of it And uh, again The running times For these sections Are written in the show post And that's info You should be able to Browse uh, on iTunes and Stitcher as well, because it is part of the plot description. So, doubt uh, good, so into true colors we go. And plot from my review of the film: After a bloody triad brawl, Long, played by Dick Long, accidentally assaults a police and is helped by best friend Robert, played by Raymond Wong, to escape by boat from Hong Kong, leaving his girlfriend May, Br- played by Bridget Lin, behind with Robert. Long turns up five years later again to find. Robert has converted to Christianity and is running a school for youth criminals. Long also locates May, now married to wealthy businessman Mr. Cock, played by Wanshe. Yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? Mr. Cock. (laughs) Mr. P. (laughs)
1: You
0: should be glad that we're not doing a director's series on Vincent Cock. (laughs) The worst podcast ever. Uh, anyway, he's played by Taiwanese veteran Wang Xie, yeah, and uh, Robert claims that May has been living happily. Uh, is um, his claims that she's been living happily is entirely misleading, though as it is a marriage of abuse. And Long sets out to forgive himself in May's eyes for not keeping contact by taking her away. Easier said than done, and blood is soon spilt. Uh, so uh, background and, and I guess if I've learned anything from prior shows uh, in the director series um, is that uh, it's it's good to try out structure but it's also good to uh, vary up that structure or even cut down on that structure and uh, what I mean by that is that you want to talk, or I do as many, Hong- as many Hong Kong actors and actresses as possible to give them their due but we kind of agree internally here that uh, to keep the director series simple and therefore pick maximum two profiles to talk of in total five or one movie or two movies uh, in a particular episode uh, because uh, you know we, you, we've we covered Bridget Lin on various Taiwan noirs uh, and um, you know it's during one episode I think we covered about four or five actors um, which was my idea so I'm, I'm it's my fault so to say but we've cut down on it to kind of make the shows streamlined so who we picked are the leads uh, The two male leads from this movie And it's Raymond Wong and Dick Long And since you did the research on these two gents Tom Yep You shall tell us about Raymond Wong first
1: Raymond, what do you want to know about Raymond Wong? Well, Raymond
0: Happy Ghost Wong And not that young Raymond Wong That is in all those early Milky Way movies There's an actual young pup There called Raymond yeah. Wong Yeah He's in Expect the Unexpected is this uh, young cop that has a um, romance. Uh, he's a bit of an asshole cop in Expect the Unexpected. He has this romance with Ruby Wong, I believe. So, uh, But it's not him. It's Raymond Happy Ghost Wong. Raymond, all's well ends well, movie-making machine, Wong. So on, what is there to say on. about him?
1: Come on, you. This is my bio, and you just, you're just taking the spotlight again. My time to do the bio. Ken's got a key. Come on. Click. Come on. <laughs> Can I talk now, kid? Let's <laughs> get my uh, radio voice on. Raymond Wong is born in Hong Kong on 8th of April 1946. Is that,
0: is that your radio voice? It's the same voice. <laughs>
1: what say, yeah, fucking anything else? Jeez. Well, he's born in Hong
0: Kong on 8th of April. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Actor, director, producer, play my man. And now the weather. <laughs> <laughs> no, not either way. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Raymond Wong was born in Hong Kong on 8th of April 1946, actor, director, producer, screenwriter, but most notably co-founder along with Dean Shek and Carl Macker, a powerhouse production company, Cinema City. Uh, Raymond Wong, Pak Ming's career in the film industry began in the late 1970s, arguably one of the most prolific producers in Hong Kong film history. Acting and writing came knocking on his door first, After appearing in and penning a number of films in different genres, most notably writing two Sammo Hung Vehicles, Odd Couple in 1979 and By Hook or By Crook in 1980, Raymond jumped headfirst to producing in the early 1980s. With his co-owned Cinema City Distribution Company producing massive critical and commercial hits such as the Ace Go Places series, A Better Tomorrow, City and Prison on Fire and the very nice comedy Diary of a Big Man, Mm-hmm. Around this time, Raymond also found success with productions such as the Happy Ghost series, which arguably he's, he's probably most known for, uh, which for the first three films he also starred in and wrote. Uh, the series eventually going on spawn two more sequels in the early 90s, and it was with this series Raymond also grasped the chance to direct, directing himself in the late 80s in a handful of comedy projects before concentrating solely on acting, uh, directing, writing, and presenting. Having an active Slacker. hand... <laughs> having an active hand in all of the All's well, ends Endswell releases, and its recent incarnations to date. Um, and then having the Cinema City Trio of producers' break-up in the early 90s with macker and Shek just leaving the industry, Wong formed his own production company uh, the year after, and since then, his Mandarin Films distribution company being massively successful. Uh, and in the last two decades... Distributing of notes, uh, Ronnie used Bribe White Hair, its sequel, uh, most recently the Donnie N, Wilson Yippets, Dragon Tiger Gate, Flashpoint, and It Man 1 and 2. That is Raymond Wong, my friends.
0: It's amazing that kind of three guys that are generally not considered like, two of them at least quite annoying, you know, Mac and Dean <laughs> Uh but No, Raymond they're all annoying, man. Now, <laughs> now, now my point is that uh, you, you tend to forget that these guys were such a critical part of uh, yeah. behind the scenes uh, uh, development of Hong Kong cinemas you know I give uh, I, I don't give them as much shit as actors I, I give Raymond Wong a lot of shit as an actor and indulgent producer uh, and I'll talk about in my review of uh, True Colors but it's, it's so super important in Hong Kong cinema Raymond and I, I enjoy the Happy Ghost series in particular uh, part 3 and 4 part 3 I believe was uh, Choi Hak. Uh, and I remember that had some cool. It had some cool special effects. And part four had some, you know, all-out animation, which was uh, fun. You know, actually animated cartoon characters interacting with Raymond, which was uh, very fun. And and the first two are cute, but I thought the three and four stood out actually. Yeah. Mm. And uh, again, if you co-owned Cinema City, you were you were hugely important uh, for making, oh. you, making sure Hong Kong cinema became global and iconic. So. Uh, uh, but but if you <laughs> if you write yourself parts like you you write yourself the part of Sherry Shung's husband in Goodbye My Darling and Kathy Chow's uh, um, husband in Insanity you, you are a bit transparent with Raymond! your producing skills. I mean you're a bit transparent with your producing skills. But thankfully those two movies Goodbye your Darling or Goodbye My Darling and Insanity are both enjoyable flicks. But um, yeah it's uh, Call it you know, transparent.
1: Call it being a bloke either one. Exactly. He's not a very good actor. <laughs> let's let's put that out there. Producing, producing. I mean, yeah, you know, he. Uh, I mean, we'd say he's, he's serv- serviceable as an actor. He's, he's definitely sure. a great talent there. But obviously, he he definitely was more important in his you know with, with producers some of the but you know the best Hong Kong films of all time.
0: Oh yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, I, I don't disapprove of shameless exploitation producing tactics either. So I think uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's rather funny the way uh, insanity is a bit more creepy. Goodbye, darling. It's this romantic comedy that is good fun. And I mean, Sherry Chung, you know, God bless her. She um, It's not like uh, she phoned that performance in. So, uh, uh, Goodbye, darling, is, uh, is um, quite a good uh, 80s fun and all of that. I think Raymond directed that as well. So uh, it's, all, it's all good. Um, if we're done with Raymond let's move on to uh, uh, a bigger acting icon anyway in the form of uh, Dick Long so what is that to say about this uh, veteran actor
1: Dick Long or T-Long um, iconic showbusters veteran uh, was born on 3rd of August 1946 in Guangdong province China especially oh, oh, the, the
0: same uh, pardon me they're the same age they were, they were both born in 1946 so 46 go. yeah
1: yeah um yeah, Gundam Province, China, uh, specifically the Yixinhui district. Before rocketed to success at the aforementioned studio, long-trained in Wing Chun under Master Zhu Wan. Uh, before, in 1969, responding to an advertisement, landed into the short acting course where he gained skills in swordplay, acting, and horseback riding. The bread-and-butter traits of the then-booming film studio, Mm-hmm. after appearing with Bell End's Jimmy Wang Yu, <laughs> 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 that
0: That's not even in a pile, so that took me by surprise. <laughs> uh,
1: that, all, that old Bell End's Jimmy Wang U. Uh, it's a massive role. cunt,
0: that's what it is. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, yeah, first of all, return of the one-armed, one-armed swordsman. Uh, he would spend the next 15 or so years banging out hit after hit for the company. Uh, most notably working with co-star David Chang and famed director Chang Che on 1971's The Jewel, uh, Blood Brothers from 1973, and the Savage Five the year after. He, not for the first time, broke out of the period martial arts mould in 1974 with the modern day set action film Young Lovers on Flying Wheels, which he also directed uh, as well as starring in and repeated the same double duty with The Young Rebel with frequent collaborator David Chang in 1975.
0: Uh, uh, can I just stop you there? Those modern-day vehicles, with uh, either if chia directing them or not, yeah. uh, they are they are curious to watch, uh, uh, look at, but uh, uh, they 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 are somewhat like the worst Changchien long <laughs> collaborations because uh, I remember what was it? One or, I can't even remember it now, but it was a two, this two-hour youth movie uh, oh. with uh, singing numbers and just it se- seems so randomly strung together, you know. Um, like, uh, they sing, these youths, uh, they play sports, they race, and two hours later, you've learned absolutely nothing, you know. So He, it like, he probably
1: had that power there, didn't he? I mean, you know, no matter what the film was going to be, if they put him in it and let him kind of do what he, he wanted to do, then... Yeah, 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 of course. Uh,
0: there. The stars were all in there, but these modern-day vehicles, they were kind of force, you know. Number one, by... You know, early seventies to mid seventies, uh, regardless, if, regardless if early or mid, uh, these guys didn't look like uh, teenagers or anything. You know, Uh David Chang could pull off young, Dick Long not so much, Chen Kuantai not so much. Uh, you know, youngish. Because it's a, yeah, more closer to mid twenties to thirties rather than. When I say
1: youngish, I mean forty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but having said
0: that, in *Shaolin Prince*, like in the early eighties, uh, Dick Long plays a. Um, character that's supposed to be 20 years old and his co-star is Derek Yee and you would think the roles would have been reversed because, but regardless uh, so, so I don't really recommend those uh, youth gone slightly wild flicks at Shaw Brothers but they're, you know, they're good fun to watch and his directed movie I remember I finished Oh. That's all I remember of it. Good on you. Good on you. <laughs> it yeah. was in focus and I finished it. That's all I can say about it.
1: Uh, yeah, where were we? So, yeah, I mean, 1974 was, was also the year for his first taste of working with a non-Hong Kong film crew when he appeared in the second uh, Shaw Brothers Hammer Studios co-production, Shatter. Uh, with,
0: the uh, Stuart Whitman, wasn't it? I believe Think yes. so? Yeah, I mean, yes. obviously that
1: was a, the first one was uh, Seven Golden Vampires, the first uh, co-production.
0: Uh, out of those two, and and Shatter, uh, I think it's uh, literally a bit uh, too much shatter upon Because uh, yeah. I thought it was fun. I mean, it's not oh. great, but it's good fun. I uh, 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 like the ham- Bad things. I I like the Hammer. I mean, Peter Cushing is in it a bit, yeah. So I just like co-productions in a way, even if it's Hammer or Shaw Brothers or some crappy Italian production company. I just like the feel of Shaw Brothers co-productions, and I guess that makes me sit down with Shatter, uh, you know, once or twice a year. So I I like it. I I recommend it. It's a good little watch.
1: It's always good to spice things up a bit. <laughs> okay. At the, uh, at the tail end of the 70s, uh, Lung went on to work with Lau Kar Wing, Lau Kar Lung, Cho Yen, and would dip his toe into comedy and horror with Temperament of Life and Black Magic, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, period, martial arts success continued for Long lung in, into the 1980s, but as audience interest in both studio and genre, uh, that being kind of, you know, wuxia, uh, kung fu, Shaw Brothers began to decline. Uh, T. Lung bagged the co-star role in a little film called uh, Better Tomorrow, directed by John Woo in 1986 with Chow Yun-Fat. And after that successful pairing between both co-stars, he went on to appear in sequel. Uh, not really sequel. I mean, I, I wrote sequel, but in the same vein, in the same vein, I know, do you know what? I meant Better Tomorrow 2, but I thought I have met a wrote sequel by being City War, but no. I mean, it's, it's similar, I mean, what I meant to say was he went to appear in its sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2, and the action drama, City City War, the following There we here. go, Good boy. <laughs> uh, And after that, an appearance in Tiger Unbeat, the year after, um, mm. it was also around this time came a meaty bad guy role in Derek E's underrated People's Hero, uh, and Teddy Robin's epic adventure film. The Legend of Wisely, also
0: Ooh, yeah, I, I I always mean it like I got to rewatch Legend of Wisely and then I forget about it because it's one of those. You, you know why I like it other than it being a fun little movie. It's one of the few times a Hong Kong DVD understood the uh, how you uh, remix an old movie into five point yeah. one. They spent some you no know, actual time uh, spreading out the original mono audio for that movie and creating good stereo separation. Yeah. Uh, so that, and that's the old Megastar DVD of it which looks fine and all that but I remember that audio was awesome well, really then, really good
1: well to be doing it that early on I'm sure what was a non-anamorphic uh, DVD is it, indeed. much praise indeed yeah. but but subsequently <laughs> I don't
0: think that mix has made it onto uh uh, the well, obviously not onto the mono blue uh, DVDs, but I don't think the uh, Blu-rays of *Legend of Wisely* has that mix on it. I could be wrong, but uh, regardless, I just want to praise it for the fact that it's a fun movie and for once, a uh, really cool new remix for kids.
1: <laughs> kids with a, with a Z.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> no doubt. Um, yeah, no, although around this time, uh, Lung's career began to slow down in comparison to. You know Shaw Brothers' heyday. The '90s for co-ro- Cole co-ro- co-role in uh, Jackie Chan's classic *Drunken Master 2*, and a Best Supporting Actor award at the Hong Kong Film Awards in 2000 for his role in Jacob Chung's 1990 drama film *The Kid*. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you comment on this, Ken? Do
0: you I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, Leslie Chung uh, is the lead in that. It's one of those very straight. Uh, Hong Kong movies, you know, no, it's not an art movie, it's not a flashy movie, it's uh, just a story of a dad and his kid. Uh, Dick Long, this uh, uh, Leslie Chung, and his kid in this case. And Dick Long has this uh, place, this police officer, and has this separate story uh, essentially with uh, Carrie Moon's character, who also got an award for that film. And, and they have this kind of unspoken love and that no one dares to kind of uh, recognize. And that's their kind of drama in that movie. Lovely movie, lovely movie. Lovely,
1: lovely stuff. Yeah, I mean, in, in the last decade, uh, Sinang has kept a steady stream of appearances, both mainland and Hong Kong film, uh, big and small productions, including Jingle Mars remake of Butterfly Lovers, and the ensemble uh, epic war effort Three Kingdoms, which I did not know he was in, and I've seen that. Is that,
0: that the Sam Hong Maggie Q one? Or?
1: Uh, I think so. I mean, I remember seeing it, and he's going, it's very, very forgettable. That good, um, mm. yeah. That great.
0: So, <laughs> right. well, I, I have nothing really to comment on it other than the clock is a big old, you know, a legend. That you know, yeah, I, okay, I, I can say this. He combined act action and acting chops already on the chair. I think he won an award for Blood Brothers, uh, rightly so. Really good role for him. Uh, it, it was kind of comforting to to see his transition to modern day action, you know, and modern day acting if you will acting yeah. uh, as, as John Lovitz will say acting <laughs> uh, but, because uh, I, I always remember the story being that uh, Dick Long was on such a downslide and John Woo hired him but you, you have to remember Shaw Brothers closed their doors in 1985 uh, I know they uh, they produced a lot of movies that might have been shot a year or two earlier and then released in 1985 yeah. But you know, and, and Better Tomorrow was 1986 so it's not like Dick Long was gone for a decade or anything uh, and I know uh, one of the movies he appeared in or was released in in 1985 was Opium and the Kung Fu Master, which is considered a classic. So, uh, so, so it's he uh, it was not poison or anything, I do It
1: was so. more of a, a, a gentle tran- transition rather than you know he's gone for ten years and had to come back with better. Tomorrow. Sure. I yeah. think I think he definitely changed his career trajectory that film. Uh, but the guy the guy was always working throughout the eighties. I don't think there's a year in the eighties where he um, he wasn't working.
0: Uh, pr- pretty much yeah uh, it's an extensive filmography uh, supporting roles or bit roles or, or what have you Tiger on Beat is a bit role uh, two scene role I believe uh, and, uh, and that's it but uh, probably like a small favor to Lau Galo who directed the movie like uh, you know co- come in for a day or two and, and do a fight scene with Conan Lee and uh, sit down with uh, Chai Fat, uh, like their third or fourth movie in two three years yeah <laughs> Uh, so it's all good so back to Kirk Wong really and the discussion of True Colors from 1986 and uh, first of all I'd like a brief opinion from you Tom what did you think of True Colors
1: I think True Colors <laughs> that was that That was um, Cindy Dorper version that was okay
0: which bad. does not appear in this movie
1: no unfortunately Probably <laughs> which is the
0: 1960s movie so it would have been
1: quite impossible <laughs> but it's probably the best version so I thought I'd sing that good good um, with sure that out of the way what did you Collins? think? <laughs> did Phil Collins do a version of that song? shut though? up I what think? did you think <laughs> of the movie? Uh, it's it's it's, it's, it's middle tier Kirk Wong I think he's a pretty solid action drama vehicle uh, for old Lungi um, if we're being honest I don't think the rest of the film quite matches up with what he brings to it but consummate star power for 90 minutes is, is not a bad thing
0: Right on. Um, I kind of um, it's interesting. Years can change your perspective on movies. I once liked this movie quite a bit, but now, and I might change again, I feel it's easily the weakest film this far into Kirk Wong's filmography. And knowing his entire filmography, filmography, I think it is the weakest film, in my opinion. Uh, d- despite the top acting talent, like you know, the aforementioned Dick Long and Bridget Lin. The drama never really flourishes, and this one attempts drama, uh, and the movie is kind of empty for me. It's um, so, some good violence doesn't really matter when you don't care. That's my uh, brief opinion. Um, but the thing is, though, if you put things into perspective, into this came in a year where action movies just were starting to be produced in masses because of uh, primarily a bit of tomorrow. If you look at This movie and other movies by Kirk Wong, you realize how much it stands up in terms of uh, quality to most actioners that followed in the wake of uh, the success uh, that John Wu kind of uh, initiated. And for my money's worth, you can give your uh, perspective on this as well. Uh, Kirk showed the chops, technical chops, uh, or, you know, early in his career, you know, he showed he can blend and bend genres. And uh, it's no surprise that his first kind of first foray into gun-based action um, during this latter half of the eighties, the busy eighties uh, decade, it's no surprise to me that it comes off as technically honed and a cut above the rest, at least technically. Because you know there are some shitty heroic bloodshed movies that just look awful but delivers good action, but action. you realize how much of a carbon copy of a of a copy they are and. You know, because uh, uh, a production uh, it became a very busy production line in the eighties. So, uh, so, so I don't know. Do you think uh, Kirk Wong comes off as a a bit more skillful director, at least uh, technically, uh, compared to all I, of those?
1: I agree. I g- definitely, definitely would agree that it's it's a, it's a cut above. Let's um, not to say that it's a massive kind of jump in quality from kind of a lot of the stuff around the time, but it's definitely A, li- a, bit a little better. bit better. Uh, I mean, a notch so Yeah. I'd say it's a little bit better because obviously I mean, you, you've got Kirk there and you've got you know, the cast um, itself kind of, kind of brings it up to the surface a bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean definitely I would agree that it seems the less interesting film of his career so far because it's almost so standard that it doesn't try and twist genres or give us kind of, you know, kind of bend things around. It's mainly just kind of a standard, you know, tale, drama, action mm. drama with uh, well not a lot of kind of interesting stuff of it to kind of rise it above the, the standard the standard story that's going on. The the action the action's really good in it. Um
0: Yeah, talk about, about the opening uh, uh, brawl if you had any notes on that, the flashback to nineteen sixty or whatever it is.
1: Really well, really kind of well. The first thing I saw was like geez, you know, t has got hair in, in nineteen eighty six. Uh <laughs> <laughs> was the first thing I thought. Um but then yeah, I mean that's that shot really well kind of really moody uh and good and and throughout there's some really good kind of nice nice little brawls, but i think I think the problem the, the main problem is just the fact that it's just very cliche like it, it's uh, we you know we kind of the situations that, that that the film kind of presents are just very very cliche mm-hmm. um you know the guy coming back you know he's left you know kind of a, a lady there who, who we kind of yearns for but you can't quite get to her because she's doing something else now in in this case it's you know it's 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 bridget lynn and she's 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 kind of basically a gangster's kind of plaything now Mm -hmm. um and there's obviously that kind of that conflict there around it and i think it's just a very very standard conflict but i mean their chemist their chemistry is good um there is some really nice chemistry and there's a very What could what I could point out is the very natural kind of display of emotions between them at time. It doesn't feel very melodramatic. The the one thing I could point out was there's a scene where they just kind of sit on the bed, um, and and just the way kind of you know Tielong is the way he kind of just presents himself, and he kind of puts his head in his hands, and he's kind of just. In a different, he's in a different place, kind of, kind of mentally. And instead of him just kind of shouting, "I'm I'm so pissed off," or kind of acting a certain way to present something, he, it's, he's very good at kind of putting himself. Just, just he just kind of rolls up, kind of like lying on the bed, and it, you can just tell what what he's thinking in his head, and he doesn't have to say it. Um, and there's a lot of that with him um, and Bridgerton's character, May, I think it is, plays in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, and the action. I just don't think there's a lot. There's a lot going for it, and probably would agree with you. Um, it's uh, for the bottom.
0: for me. It's I mean they are good together, uh, but I I never really felt their storyline in an overall sense. Uh, but they 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 definitely don't phone it in in a very transparent way. Uh, who knows if this is you know a fault of Raymond Wong's script? Um, you know uh, if they didn't feel. Um, uh, you know inspired by that or not uh, it, it's funny though again to give uh, some shit to uh, Raymond Wong it's a, it's a Raymond joint Raymond Wong joint really. it seems like because he's the first one on screen uh, his credit is the biggest how petty how petty can you be like <laughs> and, uh, and even on the cover you see at least the oh. Delta Mac cover uh, it's um, it's not the original poster it almost seems like he looks like uh, Alain Delon or something like that oh you know, really, Raymond? Really? <laughs> the ironic thing is, when he does in the movie, it's actually quite good. Uh, he does That look is uh, for uh, some stuff in the latter half, when uh, Raymond Wong gets um, a fairly big uh, action scene in the latter half. Yeah. It kind of looks good in the movie, though. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's what it is. Uh, but going back to that opening brawl, that flashback, the most visceral part of that which I really liked and, and it, it's um, why I like the action overall is uh, uh, the brawls here and even the gunplay they are suitably gritty they are not flashy in, in, in the way the action is choreographed and they trigger environments like shelves and gas pipes yeah. but most importantly and maybe this is um, I don't know if slaughterhouses look like this but they slash uh, uh, bags of blood that are hanging from the ceiling, and the way those that blood pops when those bags are slashed, in the, in this opening, really they're look great. cool. Yeah, very very great. We uh, uh, so money. it looked it's like cool. visceral, uh, in, if anything, like oh, and and it's a good action scene and all of that, and uh, and and it sets off the story. So um, it's all good, but uh, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to take if Raymond Wong looked exactly like that throughout the movie. Uh, you remember he's he's like a Teddy Boy look almost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like no, no. But <laughs> five years later he's a priest and he looks the role obviously. So um, but, uh.
1: he, does, he, 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 he does. He does look. He, he's more akin to, uh, to to a priest look than to um, you know the very beginning or the very end, kind of <laughs> when okay. he goes a bit haywire. Yeah. Uh, but I mean even then I just I just I don't really like him as being one of the leads and I think he's. I mean, he's convincing as, as a priest at some moments and at other moments, I feel like... I feel like he's kind of... His character is doing it, being a priest, to kind of just put kind of a leash on him to kind of prevent him from going into what t is doing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the film's that deep. I think it's just Raymond Wong is is a bit shit-acting. and does, and, and it's not really the fact that he's kind of pulled something there with him being pulled back, and he's kind of trying to stay there, not because of the fact that he loves loves Jesus, but the fact that he doesn't want to be involved with Long's life. I think it is, he's trying to play someone who's kind of, you know, loves Jesus, he's kind of spread the word, but really it comes off as not particularly convincing, apart from the image that he's, he's conveying, because image-wise mm-hmm. he's bang on, but in terms of his actions and the things he says sometimes, it's a bit, yeah, not really convinced.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I agree. I, it would be better, I, I suppose, if uh, uh, better, or better. I, I mean, I, I think I can see it working as a as a supporting character in the movie, um, you know. Uh, and uh, because you, you're right, I mean, Raymond wasn't that uh, good as a lead actor to have. I mean, in, uh, he's in Insanity, but that's a supporting act, uh, so, so it kind of works, you know. Uh, happy Ghost is what worked for him, you know. He's got the look for it. He's got the playfulness. Uh, and he works in um, he works in more of a children's type of uh, movie or family friendly movie you don't, because you don't yeah. look for Hong Kong uh, action cinema and a Raymond Wong you know gun toting action scene or anything so <laughs> uh, no. uh, well, if you do then I, I don't blame you that would have been kind of cool to see out of context but uh, I don't know uh, this is, speaking of actors, that doesn't work. There's uh, a newcomer here called Gary yeah, Lamb uh, oh. who plays James, <laughs> and, and, and that character, which is a crucial character, this newly arrived, you know, piss and vinegar youth at uh, at this uh, center. You know, he's got. When I watched it, it's like, okay, he's got a good fire in him, you know, uh, as that character, you know, and uh, and this newcomer looks, you know, like he means it. Uh, and it doesn't feel like it's overdone initially but over the course of the movie what happens in all simplicity and i don't have any other notes on it you forget about it it's like oh yeah was he a crucial part of this movie huh Fair. it
1: almost is like i thought that was going somewhere and if you look at the uh i think it's possibly the the vcd cover um it seems like it's gonna be a boxing film between yes, him, yes. him and T-Young. And before I get, I was getting into it. Like I, I kind of thought that's what it was. Uh, obviously, I don't want to know plot ever really about anything. Like I just want to kind of go in straight in and just kind of see what see what happens. And that is a tiny kind of little bit in the film. Yeah. It's just one image from the film, and I I thought that would go somewhere. It's like Rocky it Five,
0: <laughs> uh, only before Rocky Five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Gary Latt, I think he only did about three films, and I mean, you say you say over the course from the very get go, I just thought he was fucking terrible. I, I I really thought that he was instantly kind of in self-parody with with some of the face he in this. His version of angry and brooding is my version of letting go of a very stubborn, dumb like, <laughs> like 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 <laughs> like 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 just some of the face he pulls, especially near the end. there's the one scene where the dudes come in and just fuck up like they're painting they're, they're, they're making furniture or something or they're painting and the guys come in uh, looking for t character and they, and then they fuck everywhere up and he's and j- just the face he's pulling like like kind of like you know obviously Raymond's kind of holding him back like going no don't go and he's kind of just like uh, like <laughs> just really kind of let me poo. <laughs> like quitting his quitting his kind of thing and just the face he pulls and it's just it's so silly and and obviously his end or his ending and what happens to him is fairly tragic re- but it's, I don't even remember it doesn't him. matter it doesn't even matter like it's it's almost like it gets in the way of the main conflict like we're kind of dying to know what's happening you know happened to Ceylon, where he's going and what's happening and it kind of just gets in the way he kind of comes in and he's kind of a bit worse aware and he's like oh they've, they've hurt him like I don't care like I don't think anyone cares We're sitting there watching what we really care about is confrontation between Ceylon and these, and these bad guys
0: yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a very um, you know uh, s- s- simply not memorable. And uh, so, so what you all, what you should focus on because it's the main uh, plot and all of that is uh, you know the trio, if you will. And uh, you know it's it's a it's a decent template. You know uh, that uh, one has managed to turn a leaf and the other doesn't truly want to turn a leaf or feel it's pointless really, which is a good template in intent. You know, and um, so so it's not you. You sit there, okay, okay, Kirk, go somewhere w- with this. You know, you, you you you. At least I have that confidence in him, and uh, and it's kind of shady to why the character of Long is back. You know, uh, but uh, then he starts using his time well and in a constructive manner. You know, because he learns. You know, the kids. Um, t- Teaches the kids at the youth center in montage form because it is the 80s. It yeah, learns to, uh, they learn to run for my long distances, I suppose. Uh, they learn to box and to chug, 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 chug yeah. drink like man. We do get a
1: lot of bloke behaviour in this film. <laughs> so we get we get we get about 15 minutes of just pure beer. Yeah, Raymond actually has a go at T-Lung for teaching them to to smoke and drink. So. Yeah,
0: and and it's a, it's that dialogue. Uh, I mean, it, that could have been interesting. I think you touched upon it, where they kind of uh, have a sit down. It could and, have
1: been and, good, yeah. Uh, been because
0: Long is very disrespectful to his old friend yeah. Robert, uh, rather than critical in a constructive way. Because we're not saying the priest has got it right with his teachings necessarily. But I, I didn't really think that was a sympathetic thing to lay on the character of lung like he's very disrespectful disrespectful of his own friends like ah they're fine they can drink and smoke and box and run or whatever you know uh, and that's when the movie starts falling apart when i lost uh, my kind of um i wanted to kind of respect the this back and forth on this character and uh, um so no uh, it's the point where i started to feel this is been starting to become empty. Bridget Lynn yeah. does enter, and boy, does she look radiant! Obviously, she was a movie star in the 70s already and been an uh, iconic movie star uh, up until this movie and post this movie, you know, because she hadn't done her um, Invincible Asia character in Swordsman 2 yet, which kind of defined her again. Uh, so, so, I mean, um, she, she was just born to be in. This period movie and was born to be in any period in movies, you know, because she she's briefly and she's so, is so timeless, radiant.
1: timeless, timeless, so, timeless radiance about her.
0: Absolutely. So, so I mean, uh, it's um when they finally get together. Okay, these are two veteran actors. You are definitely convinced that uh, there's going to be worth following through. And uh, initially, Long and Lin react sell this reborn connection well. He catches her at that emotional low. Uh and, and you also realise amidst this that this movie has not showed an action card. It's it wants to be a drama first and foremost. You know? Because we don't get gunplay drama. Gunplay drama. Uh, and that's not a bad thing, but it all as you said, it becomes really cliched in this uninteresting way. Cliche it- can, can be elevated by veteran performers, but I'm sorry to say they don't.
1: They do that. They do the best with what they got. But when they first meet up, and some guy comes over and says, "Oh, yeah, your husband's away for a bit," and then they get together, it's just, it's so like so by the numbers. Like it's just waiting. It's like waiting for a chance for them to get together. Oh, your husband's out of town. He's doing something somewhere. Oh, okay, cool. Let's like let's dance. You. And do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's so. It's almost just like giving them a, a blatant reason just for this to happen, rather than naturally kind of let their relationship evolve. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I said. It, they do some really naturalistic very nice moments We've seen them um, but they are to give very cliche material to kind of work with mm-hmm. um, which it does get to a point where it's a, it's a bit annoying
0: um, the, the first piece of violence without spoiling it actually because it's a major spoiler is uh, rather the first piece of violence after the opening is really really bloody uh, there's um, uh, someone gets stabbed right Yeah, uh, yes. and that is really really bloody uh, which I, you know, cool, cool. But I, st- I was on that slide of I'm not affected by this, and I'm sorry to say I want to, but it's uh, it's a gr- it's a decent template for drama. But uh, as the movie went on, I started to admire just spots here and there, you know. Yeah, uh, sporadic
1: interest. It, yeah. it, it the same with me. I don't think I kind of completely fell off, fell off the boat with it. But it definitely kind of sporadic interest. I think I probably enjoyed it a bit more than than, than you did. I think it definitely held my you know, kind of. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the violence and, and some of the interaction, but yeah, there were some patches where it just felt kind of ridiculous. And mm. uh, what, I mean, what I did want to bring up is that that do you think it feels any way like possibly quick cashing on on T Long's return to fame after being in a Better tomorrow? I mean, we said we said return to fame, like we said, but in, in to fame, kind of in a different spotlight as as he was being, you know, being kind of portrayed. His character was. Uh, you know his kind of persona, and then being put into bed tomorrow, and then this seems kind of like somewhat of a, a kind of a, you know, not a, re- a reason like to make this film, but there's definitely allusions throughout to to Wu's film. I mean, mm-hmm. include the title. I mean, it's, it's you know, True Colors, and Better Tomorrow was uh, True Colors of a Hero.
0: I believe the 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 title it was a remake of uh was called in english true colors of a hero but, so, but obviously there is a connection because a better tomorrow is a remake of um, of a um, 60s movie uh,
1: sorry story of
0: i believe so or 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 the better tomorrow title is can be translated to true colors of a hero I'm, I'm not too sure but you're right it's it's within the better tomorrow uh, connections and all of that just uh, the
1: just the just the the, the ending scene with, with, with Ramon kind of getting his kind of his his, his big coat out and you know, getting his
0: gun and stuff, and I, I like I like just... that little bit for Raymond. I think he, his little uh, action moment it it was not too bad because that character is now angry. No, it but it's not like they uh, you know do a uh, I can't name a good example now, but like a a big old slide and a 360 and a climbing on walls and on wires no, and, then not, clo- and, then, and then close and then and then close up on uh, and then close up on Raymond. You know what I mean? Because he, no. he got a little brawl. Uh, uh, and uh, did good uh, for, for that moment, you know, in in the Aladdin coat or, or the Marco coat or however you wanna, uh, which icon you wanna connect it to. Uh, but but you're right, it, it does have some echo of a better tomorrow. If it's a uh, cash in, yeah, you can argue this, but uh, I I still think it's feels less like one because the movie is fairly well made at the same time, uh, rather than these well uh, very flat, uh, rather than these very flat like action movies. That were cool on the in in the right? That came out uh, uh, after a better tomorrow. So yeah, sure. uh, so so I mean that that whole that that saying you know all goes to hell and that cycle of violence you know uh, in this case it's not at all affecting. And really, what I took away from the ending was that the action is uh, you know a little bit cool we got a dual gun ending some good script work but that's me really reaching you can sound, you can hear it while I'm talking that, um, that, that yeah, yeah it was cool a little bit, uh, because a little bit the, yeah. the action choreo is meant to connect to the drama which it doesn't and therefore it doesn't make become that um, cool spectacle that uh, Kirk Wong and crew uh, intended to be so I uh, thought the drama
1: the, is not strong enough to support the action exactly. it basically it is, it's how so I felt definitely
0: so um, that's um, that's really it uh, of my notes. Do you have any other notes? I
1: have got uh, two highlights. Um, I loved uh, just just kind of Tealung's uh, return at the basketball match. Uh, he launches the ball off some off some guy's head, and obviously <laughs> the guy like, the guy tries to throw some shapes, but Tealung's just like bitch, please, and just kind of just like throws them around, which just a great little. He looked he looked cool as fuck when he's first introduced um, after the opening, um, and there's also near the end. I think one of the bad guys. He says, "I like fat ones. Don't fight with me." What a man! <laughs> what a man! Take wow. him on for of the team.
0: <laughs> I wonder if the following is. I uh, wonder if the following is true. I never checked uh, the Chinese credits to um, compare, so we'll just go uh, by what uh, Hong Kong Movie Database says. Uh, and it says that Kirk Wong was one of the action directors, along with Joe Shu. And uh, you know why not? He's the director. I'm sure he can, uh, v- you know, be an action designer as well. You know, he has an eye for actions. I'm sure it's. Uh, I'm sure it has some truth. Uh, and, and and if so, I mean, uh, it's a pretty decent job if you look at the scenes and the uh, and the set pieces uh, on their own. So, yeah. so good on them. Uh, that's that. That is indeed uh, everything we have. Uh, but uh, as for availability, it's been available over the years on MegaStar VCD. Delta Mac VCD and DVD, which is what I watched uh, the um, Delta Mac uh, DVD. Uh, but being a star TV title, uh, Joy Sales also released it on VCD and DVD as part of their legendary collection. And That's yes, Aisha. Yes, indeed. Uh, and yes, I just still lists it in stock, but um, I know for sure pretty much that they're not printing these anymore, so it's bound to go out of stock at some point. So if you're interested, pick it up.
1: I do know they're, they're printing them without the uh, the cheeky slip covers now. They're just oh, are they? the standard All cases. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. They're, they're, they're still about. I think it's just cheaper for them to knock them out as a standard DVD case and just lose. Okay, the
0: I, I stand corrected. That's my why it might still be in stock yep. therefore. it's reprinted rather than. Uh, yeah. but yeah,
1: yeah, without the cases. Yeah.
0: Good if so, because there are a lot of cool Star TV titles that um, you know. It's so many of them that you can't pick them up in one go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Uh, and and some good ones that weren't available on DVD, even by Delta Mac. Uh, Joy sales debuted some stuff on DVD. Uh, so uh, okay, that's all good. We're taking a break, and after that, we are back to discuss 1988 Gunman. So uh, <laughs> 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 fire, fire, <laughs> and, and that's our review of Gunman, everybody. So, so yeah, see you later, <laughs> guys. Hope <laughs> you enjoy the show. <laughs> Uh but uh, we'll be right back after the musical break.
1: And the Did musical you? break will be me singing True Colours. Sharp. I Cindy Law station, though, not the Phil Collins one the Cindy Law. One.
0: Gotta be precise. Are, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which oh, one's no, no. better? <laughs> Welcome back, and this is the review of Gunman from 1988. Not to be confused with the Christopher Lambert Mario Von Van Peebles not movie. Not <laughs> Dennis Leary was in that as well. Not that oh, yeah. uh, not that one. A plot from Love HK Films review of the film. Tony Ka Fai is Ding Chun B, an honorable cop in turbulent 1930s Shanghai. He's a rare, righteous cop that belongs to. Uh, A police force comprised of mostly corrupt officers, uh, though their no-nonsense captain, played by Elvis Choi, is honest. Uh, Ding finds himself locked in a rivalry with opium smuggler Hei, played by Adam Cheng, who happens to be the same Chinese officer who tortured him and his pals during wartime. Uh, Ding takes out Hei's uncle Liang in a raid, leading to a vow of vengeance by Hei. Ding has his own score to settle uh, because he offed his partner as well. So, uh, since the cops are no help, he looks elsewhere and finds his three old war buddies, played by Mark Cheng, Wisely, and David Wu, who is also the film's editor in a reacting role. And uh, that's where we are. That's the gunman, if you will. And uh, thanks to HK Video in France putting out a two disc special edition, we. Got to take part in some production background through a 30-minute interview piece in English with director Kirk Wong and actor slash editor David Wu. So I thought I'd, I'd summarize that piece because it um, it's a rare that we um, I, I, it's rare to get production background on some of these movies, and uh, without it we wouldn't have at all because that stuff is not on the internet. It's really uh, in that piece and. The two talk of uh Choi Hawk in his film workshop, because Choi hak produced this movie, that they wanted to diversify the booming action genre in Hong Kong. Remember this is nineteen eighty eight, you know. In two years there were dozens of uh, Better Tomorrow rip offs, if you will. And uh they were quite infatuated with the idea of making a western but as kirk says it would be silly to do a cowboy flick in hong kong <laughs> you know we, we it just doesn't work so and um he's very energetic and funny in this interview kirk i always love his um his uh, honest and uh fun seemingly relaxed and distance way of talking about these movies you know it's not like i'm talking about my oh, art it's serious it's like he's always having fun with it you know uh, he admits that Brian De Palma's the *Untouchables* was an inspiration, but they were not after remaking it, you know, quickly for a buck or anything. Uh, but the echoes are there, as David Wu says. Uh, he talks of his character with glasses could be compared to, as he said, the accounted one in The Palma's movie. And I don't remember *Untouchables* to that um, detail, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that's uh, a connection. Uh, Wu continues to talk of film workshop shop at the time uh, it was really a place where creativity was welcomed from anyone as long as you could see it through and bring discipline whether you wanted to be behind the camera or in front of the camera you could but you know bring you know bring it in there you know don't uh, don't back out of that uh, like desire and uh, he really describes it as days that were fun and uh, they was filled with so much freedom and they were key to the creative Hong Kong cinema of the time and uh, Choi Huck uh, no surprise there was an idea machine he was also bouncing between ongoing projects and uh, really seemed to love staying creative during this time You know, whether he produced or starred in or directed uh, directed movies Ch- Choi had a starring role or two uh, um, and at the time maybe they were making I Love Maria because I think that was released in 1988 as well and he starred in that so uh, he was bouncing between uh, being, o- being on screen and off screen if you will and uh, it's funny though I-, I love this story by David Wu it-, it was said at the time in those days that w- there was no competition between some of the filmmakers and production houses because he says that they all chipped in and helped out on each other's productions you know even if a uh, Family Workshop were make- making a movie they could help out on some unrelated uh, uh, production to-, to them it was a family vibe and I love that story really uh, not-, not this one upmanship where you know the Film Workshop crew are looking over at Cinema City like huh. Poof, poofed, poofed.
1: Fuck those Golden Harvest guys! Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, despite making two period movies in a row, remember True Colors was a 1960s movie. Kirk Wong says he has no patience for the period film and the preparations they require. He wants to shoot immediately to maintain momentum. So, no wonder True Colors is uh, not this lavish period movie. It has the period detail, but it's not like, it's not shouting at you, period movie, I'm a period movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that It's not shouting at all like that, in that voice, you know. Uh, but uh, Gun, uh, Gunman was, you know, an, it is a period movie, but not... I think he was more frustrated with this because this required a bit more on the costume side and the setting side than true color. So, uh, but he he had to be patient, I suppose. Uh, but the production lasted nine months uh, due to the on and off availability mainly of the ensemble cast. So, um, that's not I don't think that's very common in Hong Kong cinema of the time. It was uh, shot out, you know, shot out and shot pretty quickly you know uh, sometimes you know <laughs> exactly i mean uh, and uh budget was also cut drastically during production from five million hong kong dollars to three, from three to one and a half <laughs> okay. so i love kirk telling this story because he all he can do is laugh at it like <laughs> oh boy what do i do now <laughs> like looking at this stuff you know looking at the script what can we do um And then he tells the story of working with Choi Huck, you know, he loves Choi Huck, uh, but it was a taxing experience because Choi Huck comes to the table with a lot of ideas he wants to see done. So there you have the producer trickling into the role role of a director. But Kirk Wong does welcome that, uh, as long as it benefits the movie. And despite it coming off as a nine-month-long argument between the two, uh, especially in the eyes of, um, he tells the story, of uh, Teddy Chan, who was the assistant director... Uh, and he later directed *Purple Storm* and *Bodyguards and Assassins*. Uh, Kirk once says that Teddy Chan was always like wondering, "Why are you arguing so much? Is there anything wrong?" But Wong never saw taxing as bad, despite polar opposites sometimes about division. You know, so it's that's a good confirmation to get. Like you, you can have this constructive back and forth, and even though it sounds loud, it's it's uh, you know for division and all of that. Uh, and I like that I really like that Uh, David Wu uh, describes Kirk Wong's style as quite honed and captivating as well as dark and sad and uh, it's interesting he goes into detail about the directorial kind of style in this movie where Kirk Wong lines up actors in one shot uh, often for interaction, rather than doing singles and cutaways yeah. and doing a lot of editing, but that's not lining them up in a row, fucking low waist style or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> remember scenes in *Fist of Fury* where they have like twelve people in the widescreen frame lined up in a row like on a stage. You know, it's uh, it's not it's not that. Uh, occur- it, this style never occurred to me until Wu said it. So, so I kind of like uh, the the way. Uh, Kirk uh, does that, and uh, uh, without spoiling the finale, the finale uh, does play take place partly on horseback, and it was difficult to shoot because the set was outside and so small. They had to keep the frame really tight in order not to reveal the busy highway next to the set.
1: <laughs> There's some good match shots because of that, like they, which are kind of like half the screens, something else, half the screens are set <laughs> because obviously you probably could see. Robot, I, heard, like I heard that
0: story and, with some Kurosawa movie as well. That he said that if we pan the camera a little bit to the left, you can see like a, a factory, you know, next to a, <laughs> a modern day factory. So uh, Andrew Lau was actually one of the director of photography on uh, one of the cinematographers on the movie, and it looks uh, pretty good and all of that. So that's the rundown of the documentary, and uh, but uh, it's still worth watching if if you can find that uh, French DVD of Gunman. But uh on the movie. What did you think of Gunman Tommy? What song do you connect to Gunman? <laughs> uh <laughs> Gunman. <laughs> no, it's
1: no, it's no action song. <laughs> uh, man, just for me this is this is the start of the Kirk one we know and love. Um mm-hmm. I mean aided with higher budget, I mean obviously you say about it getting cut down but still pretty decent budget, you know, production from 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 and it all comes together so well. Uh for me, it's definitely his best film up to this point.
0: Indeed, well, I I agree. I agree. It's awesome on excitement, isn't it? An, an exciting movie. You know, it's the most it's most vivid vivid action picture so far. Uh, and I, the
1: narrative just keeps. I mean, for the first half of an hour, so the narrative just keeps going and going and going and going. And it's just. I mean, within the first two minutes, we have a, a, a grenade going off. Like okay. <laughs> like it's just straight there, straight into the action, straight into the narrative.
0: Yeah, It's all backed by a skilled producer And action team as well And this was from a time where actors Were amidst the fire gags And not afraid to get in on the action And it's all very well captured here I love this movie, it's a blast One that's like yeah Yeah, uh,
1: fuck yeah yeah, <laughs> Hong Kong,
0: fuck yeah <laughs> um, So so again I mean, to, to connect a little bit to True Colors uh, uh, I still feel that uh, this is The signs here Of Kirk Wong that he has a grasp of making a respectable-looking frame in a, and especially in a Hong Kong cinema-producing machine kind of climate, that stands out and is very valuable uh, to have. You know that makes you stand out as a director, but you have to prove a little bit more than that, obviously. At this uh,
1: point, you gotta be good. You gotta stand out. If you don't stand out, you're gonna get drowned by a you million know, other you know, flicks coming to the cinema within the within the next two weeks around. Yeah, yeah, and you were
0: quick. You were quick in, and you were quick out. Uh, this one played For at least uh, uh, About two weeks Two and a half weeks <laughs> Which doesn't sound long But some movies When you look at The theatrical run On Hong Kong Movie Database they pl- and, uh, and classics uh, My dad They played for like Five days <laughs> 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 Just like, You're out <laughs> 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 You know We got the next John Woo copy in here Like uh, So yeah. s- Send out one alex uh, man movie and get another alex man movie in there
1: <laughs> I think, and, I, and I, I think yeah i mean it's why the fact that they kind of based it around the war and it, it's it's a war film but it's not particularly on the war it's more kind of the characters dealing with post-war and how they're adapting to their lives and specifically you know totally long um, changing his life and thinking that what he wants while he's in war is completely different to what he genuinely falls into and especially in terms of his kind of love life and his relationship with characters gets used to a certain style of life and then falls into that and there's I mean that especially towards the the kind of that whole being so heroic for people that maybe he's he's not as kind of endeared with as as he is was you know kind of like years before is Mm -hmm. you know it, it, it brings a certain kind of very interesting kind of um, connection between all the characters Uh, definitely uh, an interesting narrative rather than the usual don't kidnap me wife I'm going to come after her (laughs) you know it's uh, it's a lot lot different
0: and on that note about the actors I think all the actors look great here Uh, I I love I've never seen it was probably the first time I've seen Adam Cheng being so vile like he's a fucking <laughs> animal in this movie, and yeah. and you wouldn't expect that knowing Adam Cheng, even from one or two movies, that uh, uh, his kind of a uh, persona was more swordplay heroes. Yep. Uh, you know everything from Zoo, uh, he's in the sword, Patrick Tam's times the sword, but uh, obviously a lot of uh, Wu Shapians of the time, and even on but, TV. Well, even post
1: this, yeah, 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 of, yeah, of course, he, films, yeah.
0: They were in their heyday. A lot of these actors, you know, uh, Tony looks good, Mark Cheng uh which i think was always an underappreciated actor even though he turned to mm, you know category three villains a lot of the time in the 90s but uh uh, he's one of those actors that i've always uh, really liked and he turned up of course in election two many years later in in a very effective um, you know uh return and he still looks the same and all of that uh and even the melodrama, uh, which is, there's not a whole lot of it, but, you know, the coming home from war melodrama, I think, is handled well. And Kirk Wong sets up everything he needs to without spending, because that's not the movie, uh, a lot of time on depth. But he sets up uh, a little bit of heart in there, you know what I mean? Uh, without hey. it uh, disrupting, uh, without it sharing the spotlight of the action. Because make no mistake about it, this is an action movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm say, it's kind of, they actually kind of punctuate throughout, but each of the, I mean, it, it seems like each of the individual scenarios that kind of characters, the interaction the characters have is always kind of well thought out and very in-depth. And I think a lot of the film, you know, you could argue kind of 75%, 80% of the film, it doesn't ever feel like there's a wasted scene, it always feels like the scene's there for a reason. Sure. Scenes, and obviously there's kind of superfluous scenes around that kind of maybe just move the plot. But most of the scenes, they definitely feel like they just they put a lot into making sure characters say certain things that that kind of just work. And it's not just kind of toss away kind of dialogue, and the dialogue kind of helps drive everything, drives the action. And it's just it's a perfect example of uh, you know even though it might possibly not be a perfect film, but it's a perfect example of action your narrative pumping the action up and making the action. More serial and more kind of hard hit because the narrative behind it is so good and we care for these characters and Kirk definitely doesn't fuck around with just getting straight into what he wants which is these guys post-war being cops and it's not being police officers it's not about the kind of the war and and there's definitely kind of many post-war films definitely deal with kind of trauma or traumatic events these guys are going through and really it's not about that it's about these guys just kind of coping with different life and, and how different their life is from how they were when they were kind of in the war fight together yeah, because, because they don't come home
0: on. as uh, war heroes uh, you know the, the, most of the guys uh, excluding Tony Long, for most of the movie they are you know kind of at the bottom uh, yeah. you know there's no social advantage to having been in the war so uh, and, and that even though that's dealt with quickly it's still it's still uh, something you remember and you kind of feel uh, you, and care for a little bit which it's is good. a good sign.
1: It's valid. It's valid commentary on, on kind of yeah you know how, what happens to you know you know a lot of people post war and, and what happens you know, around this time of people post war and yeah I mean obviously you know you know what not everyone can be you know in Tony Long's position and get a job straight away and, and be kind of you know a law enforcer a lot of these guys like his kind of you know his brothers that he was in the war with and now kind of just kind of sitting around you know they're doing they, they market. Kind of hawkers, and th- they were saying originally, and, and you know, they're kind of guys that go where the work is rather than kind of have a uh, you know a, a cement job. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, I think that that's what's also great about you know Tony Long. He he becomes part of this kind of law enforcement agency and he gets them to help him out and to kind of you know employ his you know his brothers and give them kind of the work they need, which is also another great aspect to the film. It could have been like a lot of kind of scenarios like this that Tony Lung is a good guy wisely falls into maybe bad things, the mm-hmm. other guy is kind of a cripple now, the other guy's moved away and they all, it's kind of tragedy and maybe they all come together in certain ways but I like the fact that they have a common enemy um, and they all come together to kind of fight that enemy rather than you know and it's still the same rather than kind of be in different positions and have different kind of motives I like yeah. the kind of direct simpleness of, of the film and how that yeah.
0: works. And uh yeah, it's uh therefore it's quite a well paced uh beast of a movie really. It's yeah, uh, like the
1: first the, the first fifty minutes you shoot by. Like both times now I've seen the film, um, the first fifty so minutes like you kinda of look down at the clock and it's like shit, you know, it's, it's been nearly an hour and it's just gone like like that, like really quick. So punch
0: just... punch. And no comedy.
1: Extremely yeah, no comedy. I mean, there's, a, there's the one. <laughs> there's the one comedy moment where yeah. we first get reintroduced <laughs> to Wisely uh, and uh, the other dude, uh, David, um, where we obviously we get a corpse kind of. <laughs> a uh, someone does he run into the, the the coffin and then the guy comes. At the, obviously, the corpse inside kind of flies out onto one of the little kind of side restaurants, um, restaurants, one of the side stalls, uh, <laughs> which is which is quite good. But again, it's not paid for kind of massive laughs and it's kind of drawn out it just happens but it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of an exciting kind of chase happening Um, we get the kind of classic uh, which Troy Hart loves doing as well Um, a kind of uh, mistaken identity Uh, Um, yeah yeah, talk about that that
0: (laughs) uh, that gang reunited scene because it's a Pitch perfect time, little comedy it's, sequence actually it's
1: good it's good man there's there's no you know there's no color, oh, you're right, hey, Jim, how are you It's all you know it's the very end obviously there's a chase everyone gets caught up in the chase um and <laughs> so long gets very badly beaten, not knowing, and the worst thing is they they even rub it in because you think obviously they start to drown him um you know his, his, his friends start to drown him, not knowing it's him, and you'd you think that they'd pull him out, and that would be the reunion, but no. Um, <laughs> because they splash the Dave, powder in his face again. Yeah, just back as, him again, Dave Boots throws it back at him uh, again. Um, <laughs> but I gotta,
0: but, but I, I gotta see. tell you, you know, once uh, because the gang does recognize him uh, uh, eventually in that sequence. Once the gang are reunited when they're running to their old war buddy in slow motion, I gotta tell you, that kind of set uh, effect on my heart a little bit. Like, oh, that's nice. The friends are back, and I, I attribute that to act. Chemistry. Yeah, oh, these guys are good on screen. They're comfortable on screen. Even De- even David Wu, uh, which is the non actor of the group, really. And you know that's not something. If you achieve that, even if you don't uh, aim for the deepest drama ever made, you're at an advantage. And uh, and Kirk Wong does uh, achieve that. Definitely, um, uh, they mean it. It seems sincere you know
1: you can't ever take that for granted yeah when when the film does get it right and there is genuine chemistry yeah you you got to praise there because it's putting these people together that some you know some some may have never met each other before in their life and it's putting them together and just hoping that it's chemistry and you know when there is it's just it's explosive again enhances the action enhances the drama it all kind of comes together because you're enjoying the um you know enjoying that the kind of time they're spending together and I mean just, just speaking of the action just kind of on a general on a general scale it's so well thought out and, and original and, and is original and, and, interesting dangerous ideas and dangerous and it's a good combination and it's difficult I mean especially when you fans in a certain cinema like like we are or a certain period um, in cinema it's difficult to come up with the goods and be fresh and interesting and when you do see things happen that you haven't seen, or things that are done in a different way, and, and it, it just kicks ass, man, like, it's just, it's just good to, it's just really good to see, uh, and there's definitely moments in this that they just kind of spring out of the action, you're like, fuck, you know, that's that's really cool, you could have gone for a standard gunplay scene there, but no, you didn't, you, you mixed it up, and this happened and that happened, and there's fucking fire stunts and there's people falling. And oh just, boy, is there
0: ever fire stunts? Is there, it
1: is there fire stunts, and these are some of the ballsiest fire stunts we've ever seen in terms of You can see the guy's face, you can see that he's got a a tiny bit of, of obviously, the kind of gel on sort of burning, but, you know, they're not covered in it, you can clearly see his face, they're not wearing kind of any type of suit, it's a bit of gel, it's a bit of flames, and it it just happens, man, it's it's just phenomenal. You
0: you know, the the pussy-ass thing to do would have been to have one guy do a fire stunt, but what the Hong Kong crew does is that they uh, tell, order, they're already on fire, stuntmen, to set fire to Everyone their helps. fellows, their fellow stuntmen, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's insane. And uh, Tony Longafi and Adam Chang—they're not ones set on fire, but they are in and around all of this fire. You know, they—they're not uh, doubled uh, or anything, but the the stuntmen setting each other on fire just dude am I watching a snuff film <laughs> you know <this> is, <laughs> it looks a bit too dangerous for comfort but uh, it's awesome it's absolutely it just pops on screen but it's and, not and
1: obviously George Lazen dripping wet in uh, Hong Kong <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously you, you can tell he, he's been dousing it, these guys I mean there's a little little bit here and there but man they yeah, ballsy.
0: Really ball, ball balls yeah. I mean and, and even if, if talking to gunplay I mean it's it's. I, I like that it's uh, quite chaotic and has this bloody punch uh, especially when Adam Cheng is heading that carnage you know uh, I, I absolutely adore him in this movie this is um, very memorable you know if anything that that's uh, one of the many key reasons why this is a very intense cops and robbers flick with uh, very valid drama in between you know
1: and there's and it's not and it's not it's not a straight up costume film in terms of we kind of know what the goal is and we're getting there. There's you know there's a bit there's a few kind of mess ups on the way and certain things happen. S- some characters are doing something that we you know we know about, but maybe the you know our kind of our main uh, protagonists don't know about, and that leads to kind of drama within that that kind of group as well, which. Again, that was a really great scene, and kind of, you know, you think it's going somewhere, you think this might be the finale, and then it kind of no, there's there's another kind of layer to it, and you know, things happen, and it's I, I do I do love the shot near the end. It might be because I've only just re rewatched it, but it feels like kind of an ode to the wall bunch where there uh, we have our four guys just kind of like lift their guns, and they kind of just it's just that great shot because you don't you don't see the more kind of in the set, you see them kind of here and there, but you don't just like just. One cool kind of image of them, all four of them kind of just raising their guns, and it's just it's near the back end, and it's just it's awesome. It's really really
0: awesome. Yeah, very iconic. Yeah, uh, I I don't dislike uh, Elizabeth Lee in this movie and her story along with Tony Longovai, but I I have to say, if if, if something is less memorable (laughs) in this movie, it's. that storyline with Elizabeth Lee as uh, the prostitute, I believe. I, I do love that they have feisty interactions, though, I and mean, she's really you know um, into the material too. So, um, there uh, it's just something that I don't didn't pick up on as much during this viewing. Maybe it's it's been quite a number of years since I've seen it. Maybe it's um you know the the, the action is so distinctive and driving and effective for the movie that maybe I just forgot. To focus on that story, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: uh, I, I, I think, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, she looks normal in it, but also like she really gets into the role and kind of brings it brings a layer to it. And and again, is what I was saying about originally, I like the fact they tried they decided to throw that in that all, that kind of Tony Lung's fallen into that now, and that maybe what he wanted when he was in war, kind of wife, kids, is kind of you know evaporate now. He doesn't want that anymore. Kind of she's kind of his life now in this life he's leading and he wants kind of her in, in his life and leading this life. Uh, it's a very interesting relationship. They have, and I, I do love a lot of the scenes between them. Um, really adds a net, kind of an extra depth to the film which, again, is sitting alongside the action just kind of makes the film even better.
0: And, uh, I won't spoil anything, but I want to just uh, you know, touch a little bit upon some uh, one or two action set pieces that are really uh, fantastic. Uh, maybe it was the one you... Um, was referencing uh, a minute ago but the bridge confrontation when the gang rejoins uh, Tony Leung and the 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 shooting is fine but it's the violence where you got hooks uh, being put through Adam Cheng's uh, men and uh, and the latter abduction attempt by Elizabeth Lee has some brutal face shots not headshots, splat face shots and it looks like they it that kind of looks dangerous too I, I'm not I, it's not like they had blanks in there because you you can't do it but it looks uh, ooh, you know. uh, it's not the regular squib violence here that we're used to after seeing so many John Woo movies this is uh, brutal uh, at points and uh, genuinely threatening uh, there's no invincible heroic bloodshed heroes here really uh, to the extent where in John Woo's sized movies you know which is uh, it's not uh, nothing wrong with that but I love having maybe a third Party on the block here, providing a his take on action because uh, John Woo has his take, Ringo Lam has his take, and Kirk Wong is somewhere there in the middle. You know, he um, uh, closer to Ringo Lam obviously, but uh, still, uh, I think um, the drive here is uh, obviously aided by Kirk Wong to an extent as well. We won't reveal the ending, but uh, on. Fairly modern set action movies in Hong Kong didn't necessarily have horses in them, and this one has horses and this cramped uh, scenario where people are, you know, blasted to blasted to death through uh, through uh, uh, bits of uh, bits of wires, you know, through a gate, and uh, uh, it's just a tight, messy set piece. That, as I said, in the production background, they had to keep tight, not to reveal the highway. But uh, I love well, the pro- story, it absolutely. It for it. I I love the primal nature of the ending, and um, it has some surprises that you um, and beats that you don't expect necessarily. And and I also love, and this is my next to last note. I like a movie that knows it's done when it's done, because when the last thing happens in this movie, boom, credits.
1: Yep, yep. Unlike our previous film, which kind of had decides to add an extension onto the end that feels unnecessary, this film.
0: And it's a pretty shocking ending too and then you're out like out and de- you know deal with it <laughs> <laughs> deal with what you just seen <laughs> no fuck you i'm leaving <laughs> like i'm done my I, no no it's more like kirk wong like fuck you i'm done you know you sit there and like it <laughs> so um it's all good my last note and then you can do whatever notes you like is uh or have a question to you did you hear uh, the Shanghai Blues nightclub song? I did. I was about to say to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I the, the, word, the like again. first
0: song in Shanghai Blues that um, that you hear the club. Da 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 And it, it feels that
1: I mean, just hearing it feels so alien to kind of. What obviously Choi presented with that film and what you know Kirk's presenting with this film, yeah. like so different. Kind Here of it's
0: about it's probably playing on a radio or something like that. Yeah, you know? like
1: obviously, similar kind of you know aesthetic. Obviously, Kirk's is kind of dirtier and kind of grimy than than was. But yeah, I, I, I did hear it, man, very, very odd. Very cool. Cool.
0: Yeah, uh, all righty, floor's yours. What, what else do you want to say?
1: That's it, man. I mean, that, that's 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 kind of one wide notes that I've used up. Um. And I think, I think I might might be kind of say so. This is possibly, probably my favourite uh, Kurt Wong film. I do need to still see a couple more going down. I have seen the couple kind of that uh, are coming up. Um, and against them, yeah, I think this is probably my favourite. But we'll see. the The, the last couple might <laughs> might change your mind. But I think yeah, this. If I was going to recommend Kurt Wong, what he's most known for and the combination of melodrama you know action and just kind of just pace that this would be the film I'd
0: recommend. Yeah it's hard to argue against that. It's uh, definitely top uh, three and uh, I, I find it hard to part with uh, Lifeline Express. I just like that uh, qu- quirky movie. So, But uh, this and Lifeline Express uh, uh, I like the most But it would be Kind of hard to recommend Lifeline Express first You know So so send people towards I don't know This and Crime Story I suppose Yeah Okay uh, Which is not uh, Entirely unfair Or anything unfair Anything like that uh, Okay As for availability uh, Same Deets Really As on True Colors This uh, has been available Over the years On Megastar VCD Delta Mac VCD Delta Mac DVD And it's also Still in stock the, uh, the joy sales DVD in Hong Kong and as you said Tom it might be in stock because they are reprinting them sans the uh, slip covers which if my yeah, me- if memory serves me didn't serve a purpose at all other than being an ugly shiny. <laughs> <laughs> yes she, well, not really shinys uh, so good if they keep reprinting it so you can still get gunman for a cheap price and all of that because they're, they're not increasing them in by you know twenty US dollars or anything, just because they're <laughs> reprinting them, it's uh, still you can probably pick them up for ten US dollars or maybe um, five pounds. Or, I don't know, so, which would be but fair yeah. prices. Yeah, so
1: you have that shipping
0: on uh, The home, uh, the HK video DVD from France in uh, the two disc edition is out of print though, but you can find it used to um, for fair to expensive prices, you know, on the marketplace via Amazon dot fr, which is the French Amazon, obviously. Okay. Uh, but it's worth, it's worth getting here Just for that extra uh, 30 minute um, interview the, the fun thing is with that DVD th- th- There's a, th- there's two other extras on it uh, are, um, Non-English friendly though One is a, a French narrated story Of um, film workshop So it uses mostly clips and narration And no interviews uh, But what, what the, the cheeky guys over at HK Video did as well They, including <laughs> a, they included a hidden bonus movie so on, cheap. Uh, in the uh, filmography for probably Choi Hark then if you highlight the entry for Shanghai Grand the Andy Lau Leslie Cheung movie that starts the movie Shanghai Grand <laughs> they included that movie on what yes uh, it obviously just like every other HK video DVD it doesn't have subtitles nor does Gunman but uh they uh, included, uh, included a hidden bonus movie and it's from their remastered print and they may have put it out either prior or subsequently as its own release but uh, yeah and I, I have shanghai grand on hong kong dvd but not seen it yet but uh, i believe it stars uh, andy lao and leslie Cheung.
1: I'm down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so down uh, I, I like that that's, uh, that's Robert that's Robert cheeky so, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all good uh, anyway for the next director's series Kirk Wong takes a step kind of his first step abroad in terms of going to the US with Taking Manhattan
1: I, I can't wait this <laughs> <laughs> shot on
0: location in New York and he he uh, Uh, so that's the first movie we're covering and in the second half of that episode he clashes and merges a little bit um, uh, with action icon Jackie Chan in Crime Story so the full rundown and kind of the uh, real life uh, events that uh, Crime Story is based on uh, will be heard in the next episode uh, as extensive as we can make it and thankfully for Crime Story there's uh, a lot of information out there including some very honest takes by Kirk Wong in terms of what Jackie Chan imposed on the production so um, but uh, I've never seen Kirk be you know bitter about it I know in the interview he said in terms of Jackie Chan's uh, uh, either he changed the ending or recut some scenes Uh, I know Kirk Wong just said like come on man just talk to me about it you know you don't need to do it on your own so so
1: Kirk's is real man Kirk, Kirk's I, just I like crazy. Kirk he's fun he's one of the lamest laid back dudes going
0: like. <laughs> I've heard his commentary on the big hit and by the way if you didn't know it we are covering the big hit because it's such a fun un-Kirk Wong movie because it's someone giving, giving Kirk Wong a chance in the US and like do what John Woo did man do and, John Woo <laughs> and Kirk Wong did and it was awesome <laughs> Uh, and he did a commentary for that which I loved he's just a good fun guy so uh, despite his kind of dark and sad movies he's like hey hey (laughs) hey (laughs) I'm a fun uh, guy (laughs) (laughs) so uh, that's all good but uh, this has been the director's series on uh, these Kirk 1 movies by the way don't expect too much out of Taking Manhattan Tom it's not not a gem no that's what
1: I'm looking forward to yeah (laughs) <laughs> the hard. thing
0: we're taking Manhattan is we'll talk about this in the next episode. It's not uh, available in the most optimal way because uh, yeah. it was a movie shot in English, sync sound English, but what we have is merely uh, Chinese dubbed uh, versions of the movie. Uh which is a shame sh- 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 because that. we would have heard Carrie uh, speak English or uh yeah, speak English. I don't know how her English is, but uh, uh logically she would have appeared in sync sound English for that one.
1: I just always love that clash of kind of East and West, and just the magic or the you know complete terribleness that that, yeah. <laughs> that ensues either once. It's always fun to see what happens.
0: Mm. I mean, they have some good action set pieces uh, in the, like uh, the subway, real life subway and what have you. So, but uh, a very low key, low on stars other than Karim. Um, a broad production that uh, Kirk Wong shot in 1992, and the crime story was 1993. In the
1: subway, people fighting with sandwiches. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, uh. <laughs>
1: I had to say why you set them up like that
0: just, just, you, know. you had to say and it wasn't funny you know but I'm much. not uh, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a comic <laughs> genius or anything you know oh. on, a, on an up- upcoming this weekend's lease I can't get enough of my own Sean Connery impression it's not funny oh. but uh, in the moment it made me laugh <laughs> because we went on about uh, what would happen if Sean Connery had his own Twitter account <laughs> No, know so 140 characters my arse that, that's how good oh, it gets man. So, uh, but anyway we are concluding this one this has been a director series on the podcast on fire network podcast on fire.com you'll find this show all the other shows and the bonus episodes email podcast on fire at over at facebook facebook.com forward slash pof network that's the page you can click and like and follow the link on that page to the discussion group or type in podcast on fire network in the facebook search bar and that will get you the discussion group uh, follow our tweets at twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire my reviews and video reviews respectively so good reviews.com and sleazyk and my tweets twitter.com forward slash so good reviews subscribe to the director series on itunes and if you like us please take a minute or two to um, leave a star rating or and or leave a written comment uh, review for the show we would very much appreciate that And stream us over at Stitcher, the application for your iPhone, iPad or Android, or you can do it online as well. In a a less smooth way though, so we always uh, recommend the app, which is free by the way, from uh, the app store of your choice. And once you're in there, type in the director series to uh, add this show to your favorite list and all of that. And Tom KWS's review archive over at Vcinemashow.com. Uh, it's a webmaster and mighty, mighty boss over there at the time of recording just got married. So, yeah. co- so Coffin John, uh, you know, this might not make sense when it comes out, but he's married. Coffin John is married, so.
1: Yeah, so uh, congratulations.
0: Congratulations, yeah. indeed. Congratulations. So. Uh, no doubt that vcinema.show.com will continue to, f- to thrive and all of that. Uh, it's finished. Uh, it's, going <laughs> yeah, it's going down <laughs> now. <laughs> 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 so uh no, it's all good, but we'll link to your review archive on the and all of that good stuff. Thank but you. Uh, and in the yeah, you're welcome, we do it every time, so you owe me a lot of thank yous. You know. I've done it for about fifty shows or whatever, so thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, but anyway this has been us for this director series, so I've been can be with me was uh, a living jukebox. So okay, <laughs> Thanks guys and see you ya
1: yeah, that's what Collins' one.
0: <laughs> it sounds like meatloaf or something. No? Know, yeah. oh. do for.
1: Can't do that, laughing It's too, it's too
0: much. Do anything for true color.
1: To, it's too big. It's too big.
0: Come on. So uh, anyway, bye bye, people. Oh, yeah.